Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 13 of Genesis chapter 3. And we're continuing to look at Genesis 3 verses 10 through 13. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And Jehovah God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Well, in our last study, we started looking at a New Testament commentary on Genesis chapter 3, found in 1 Timothy chapter 2. In 1 Timothy 2, God lays down a law for the woman in the New Testament time uh, for the churches. Actually, this this would have application throughout all history. But here he's very specifically laying down the law. And in uh, we, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 last time, and, and God very directly said that uh, a woman was to be silent in the churches. And if she wanted to learn anything, she had to ask her husband at home. That's very powerful language indicating a woman was not to teach in the church. And not only that, the principle that God is establishing here that a woman is not to teach nor usurp authority over the man is uh, so important that this principle is in effect everywhere, everywhere men and women come together. That is, it's not only in the church that a woman is not to teach nor usurp authority over men, but it would be in a home Bible study. In someone's home, uh, they're not a part of the church, but if they have a home Bible study, the, the same law of God applies there. Or in our modern day of technology, it would apply to teaching on the internet or teaching on Facebook or or groups where people do Bible studies, either verbally, through audio, or text. This is a very serious law of God, and and God desires for his people that are women, he desires for them to follow the law, and the law is when you come together and there are men present, you are not to teach. You are not to take the lead. You're not the one to arrange things or orchestrate the meeting uh, to say, right now, uh, why don't you pray? Or you're not to pray yourself. No, you're you're not to give any appearance of having authority over men, 
nor are you to teach. Now, it's fine, we we should say, um, for a woman to teach other women. It's fine for a woman to teach children. And really, um, you can do a lot of teaching in those regards with other women or with children. Uh, you know, that that's a, a good thing if for a woman who has a desire and an ability. And some women do have ability. They understand the Bible as well as men, sometimes maybe even better on certain points, and they would love to share it. That's really all they want to do is share the wonderful truths, the wonderful information they've learned from the Bible, and that's a good desire. There's nothing wrong with that desire to want others to come to a right understanding concerning various scripture or doctrine. And yet, that right desire can be perverted. It can become an evil thing if it's not contained, if it if it's not exercised within the boundaries of the Lord's guidelines, within the things that he has said in his word. And, and so a woman, again, can meet with four other women and and they can have um a ladies bible study or, or a wife can meet with three other wives and and she can say now look at this verse and let's turn over here and and she can teach all she wants or a woman and this is where many women have a teaching role that they can teach as much as they want in depth they they can teach for years and years, it's the role of teaching their own children. And so from the time a child is young, a, a woman who has a desire and an ability to teach can start teaching her young children the Word of God, the Bible. Now here is what God is saying in Romans, and here is what God is saying in Matthew, and and she can drill it home again and again and again and and make sure that the child understands it's a wonderful opportunity for parents to teach their children and especially the wife or the mother to teach her children the word of god the bible and and you can teach any time of the day or night but again God has said he suffers not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. And that law is the law. That is God's commandment governing how the word of God, the gospel, was to be proclaimed and how it was to be taught. Now, even with men during the church age, yes, God narrowed down those that were to teach to men. Men, you are to do the teaching. But even then, he began to give qualifications for uh, pastors or elders and deacons. And actually, the next chapter speaks of those desiring the office of a bishop. And, and, and so these men were primarily the ones to teach the congregation. And they had to meet certain criteria. They had to meet certain laws of God. And if a man, for instance, was not married, 
He was not qualified to be elder or deacon. And again, primarily, it was the elder, the pastor, the deacon, who would teach the congregation. So a man unqualified to be a pastor or an elder, because he's not married, he's a single man or a divorced person, was not to teach. They were not to teach. Yes, they they could gather a mixed group of men and women at their home, and they could teach there. They could have that outlet. But as far as the church was concerned, no. Unqualified men were not to teach. And the qualifications were were pretty uh, strict. It had to be the husband of one wife and raising their children well. And, and then all the other things that we read here in First Timothy chapter 3 in the next chapter. And, and so not everyone is to teach. And, and men did what some women have done. God has said he suffers not a woman to teach. Well, some women know better and they, they say, well, I'm going to teach. However, they justify it. They transgress that law. And likewise, God has said an elder is to be married, the husband of one wife. And single men step forward and say, well, that doesn't apply to me. Or, uh, you know, the church again, the church again has made adjustments and, and done some tinkering to the word of God to make it uh, satisfying to their own wants and and what they think is right and and wrong and and what is good, uh, you know. I remember a pastor, fairly well known pastor, who was well respected in discussing qualifications for deacons and elders. He felt single men should be included, and he said, "If you were not to allow single men to be deacons, you ruin the man." That, that's a quote. You ruin the man, and he, he was he was full of passion about it. That you you had to let these young men start out as deacons. Well, yeah, but the Bible says, I'm sorry that you have your ideas and you have your understanding and what you would want and what you think is um, a proper method and something you think is reasonable. Yes, let the young men start out as deacons uh, because that gets them involved in the church and, and they're a good man in every other way. But, but, but the Bible says a deacon or an elder is to be the husband of one wife raising their children well. And if you're not married, you're not qualified. You see, God's law is God's law. And when God makes these kinds of laws... Of course, they govern the New Testament church, and they kept order. God is a God of order. He's not an author of confusion. This is the way God wanted things to be done, the way that the gospel was to operate within the churches and congregations, especially an order concerning men to teach and women to be silent for very important spiritual reasons. And that's what we want to look at here in 1 Timothy 2, verse 9. I'll start reading there. It says, In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, 
not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, was in the transgression. So here, God, again, is laying down the law concerning teaching. In this case, he's just saying it's not for women to teach nor have authority. And he reverts back to Eve's sin in the Garden of Eden as evidence or as justification This is why it's not for women to teach and why they should not have authority over man. Now, let's take a closer look. Beginning in verse 9 of 1 Timothy 2, it says, In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. So, you know, we, we've all heard that women ought to dress modestly. And it comes from a verse like this, that women should have modest dress. Uh, you know, today, women are uh, dressing immodestly. They're, they're doing everything they can to attract attention to themselves, to highlight their beauty, and, and so forth. And uh, they basically do the opposite of this. They they braid their hair, they wear gold or pearls, and, and they put on costly array. That, that's the nature of the world. The nature of the women of the world is to want to be beautiful, to want to have outward adorning that's very attractive, very alluring, and that makes them desirous and beautiful and and so forth. But God is speaking to, well, all women. This is directives for all women. But really, the only ones who will seek to follow it are those women that have become born again. And God here speaks of women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Now, the word adorn is uh, found in a few places. We're, we're going to go to a couple of them. Let's go to Titus chapter 2. I'll begin in verse 9 into verse 10. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, or the word fidelity is faith, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Now, there the Lord is speaking to servants, just people, who are people of God, and he says that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things, or the doctrine of Christ. And and they're the doctrine of Christ, and doctrine is teaching of the Bible. It's It's true, or right teaching of the Bible. God gives his word, and we read his word. And, for instance, in 1 Timothy 2, we're reading 
a woman is to be silent. Well, the doctrine is how God would have a woman to conduct herself. She is to be silent concerning uh, teaching the Bible when men are present. And a doctrine is that which is derived from the Scripture. We read the book of Jeremiah. We learn about uh, God's judgment of Judah, and we relate it to the judgment of the church at the end of time. And we find the doctrine of the end of the church age. It is that which comes forth from the Bible. And, and, and so doctrine is that which is rightly understood from the scripture. And Titus says that we should be adorned with doctrine. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, and I'll, I'll read the first few verses, beginning in verse 1, 1 Peter 3, 1, Likewise ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. And that is, the conversation is the behavior, the conduct. And it goes on to say in verse 2, While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair, and of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel. And that that matches some of the things that God is saying in First Timothy 2. Remember he said, not with braided hair, gold, pearls, or costly array. No, that, that's not going to win the husband for the sake of Christ. And, and of course, this would be in the day of salvation where God would use the witness of the wife to lead the husband to the word of God because he would be uh, hearing it from her, seeing her exhibit it as she lived her life. And then he would go to the word of God. And if he happened to be one of God's elect, God would save him and he would be one through the conversation, through the way the wife um, lived her life. Then God says here again in 1 Peter 3, verse 3, concerning that godly woman, and a godly woman is a saved woman, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. Okay, so God first says, This is what her adorning is not. And then in the next verse, he's going to tell us what her adorning is. In verse 4, Whose adorning, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. And, and the word price here is the same word translated as costly in costly array of First Timothy 2.9. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Now, again, we, we saw in Titus, God said, um, adorn with the doctrine of God. And here, being adorned with the hidden man of the heart. And then that will also um, involve a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great cost. 
And so the hidden man of the heart is a reference to Jesus who indwells the person he has saved. He in, he is indwelling this wife. He has saved her, and therefore she possesses a hidden man in her heart because the Spirit of Christ is within. And that is to be the adorning. That is what is to be the ornament. A meek and quiet spirit that is... Christ within her is to be seen by the husband. And that's what the previous verses were pointing out. That uh, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Well, the only way a wife is going to have that kind of conversation is through salvation. Through the Spirit of God in her and then God's Spirit making itself or himself seen through the change in the woman. She she used to um, yell at her husband. She used to nag him. She used to um, attack him when things didn't go right. But God, by his grace, in the day of salvation, saved her. And, and now there's been a change, a change in heart. Uh, she has a new heart, a new spirit, a hidden man of the heart. And in this new hidden man, she is, she is being taught by the Spirit of God as she reads the Bible and as God's Spirit somehow mysteriously, we don't know how it works, works inwardly in her and, and day by day, uh, the inward man is renewed and, and she's becoming, well, she is a new creature, but she's developing more and more, getting her body under control to the spirit and in subjection to this hidden man of the heart. And therefore, she's beginning to show forth the characteristics of a godly wife and, uh, uh, you know, the many things that God uh, uh, instructs the woman in the Bible, uh, uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, for instance, where God addresses the woman and, and tells her to be uh, in submission to her husband. And, and so now she's, she's uh, beginning to recognize when things get heated and she starts to argue Oh, I, I, I better not. I better not argue. I better not argue. God does not want me to argue. He does not want me to force my will over my husband. That I can let my husband know I disagree. I think it's wrong, but I have to leave it at that. And I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to argue with him anymore because that, oh, I just can't do that anymore. I have to please God. I, I have to do things God's way. I have to do the will of God. That That's the ongoing desire that would be in the woman's heart to do things God's way. And, and she uh, is learning more and more. God's Spirit is correcting her, teaching her, guiding her, to the point 
over the course of time, where she finds joy in serving God and being obedient to God in this way in her marriage, and 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 so forth. And uh, as it says in Titus chapter two concerning aged women, and and this doesn't necessarily just have to be older women uh, with uh, concerning age. It, it could be someone aged uh, or older in the faith, as someone who has been a Christian longer. But it says in Titus 2, verse 3, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. And, and who are they going to teach these aged women? That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And, and so the, the uh, older women, they've been learning. They've been learning through the Spirit of God as the hidden man of the heart. Uh, I'm sure God has chastened them. Oftentimes, no, you shouldn't say that. Oh, I shouldn't have acted that way. I should not have argued or, or, or fought on that point. And over the course of time, the hidden man of the heart begins to show himself more and more. And the way he is seen in the life of a woman who's an elect child of God is through a meek and quiet spirit. She begins to come into submission. Yes, it it may appear, and, and certainly would, to the people of the world, oh, she just listens to her husband and and no mind of her for herself and but but she knows the truth. She knows what what she's like naturally. She knows of the change that God has made in her, and she also knows the joy and peace and and the wonderful blessing it is to obey God. And it is through a desire to obey God that she obeys her husband. She's obeying her husband secondarily. He, he, no, the, in the first instance, she's obeying the word of God. Well, uh, this adorning that God says women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Again, we saw we can be adorned in doctrine. In First Peter 3, um, the wife is adorned with a hidden man of the heart. These are not outward things. They're, they're not clothing in any way. It, and, and it's not even modest clothing that God is talking about. But these are spiritual things. Well, what about in First Timothy two nine? Again, in like manner, also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. That that would be clothing, right? That that would be uh, dressing in a nice long dress rather than something tight fitting. And no, you know, of course, godly women will dress modestly, but this verse where it says modest apparel is actually not teaching that, or or not directly, uh, because the word modest apparel really should not be translated modest apparel. 
Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.